0: there has to be diversity there also right i will be, i believe that you know the awareness is important and we have to tell at the manager build that awareness and second thing is this is not a overnight journey overnight change or you know one month two month change it's a journey we have to see that to what speed we have want to adopt this inclusiveness and things like that and there has to be a lot of good amount of awareness needs to be built in
1: Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Career Uninterrupted podcast, a place where we sit with some of the best and brightest minds to explore the changing landscape of careers and what this means for the future of work. I'm your host, Lochan Narayanan, founder and CEO of Off Experiences, a pioneering platform that equips and enables mid career professionals to thrive through career transitions. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Career Uninterrupted. This particular episode is special because this happens to be our season's finale, and it also culminates and puts together all the conversations that we've had in this season from a very business lens. I'm your host, Lotan Narayanan, founder and CEO of Off Experiences. Our guest for today is Masroo Javid. Masrur is an outcome-driven IT leader with 20-plus years of experience under his belt. He has worked across various organizations such as GE, Herman, Dell EMC. He's currently the global quality engineering leader at Xperi and a very big advocate and ally of diversity and inclusion. We are going to explore the aspect of being an ally at Workplace and what managers can really do to build a diverse and inclusive team with Masrur. Thank you, Masroor, for joining in today. I really, really am looking forward to today's conversation.
0: Yeah, thanks for having me here today.
1: So uh, Masroor, before we jump into more serious questions or difficult questions, why don't we start knowing a bit more about you? What what has been your career journey and life journey like, if you could share that?
0: Yeah, so I have more than 25 years of experience in the IT industry. First initial three, four years, I worked in support for companies like Digital Equipment Corporation, Tata Lexi, Then I switched over to the software industry. I joined a company called Cybercash, where I was a, initially started with a support engineer, uh, supporting customers on the emails and phone support. Then I moved into the quality engineering aspect. From then onwards, I've been working with the quality engineering of software products. Okay, So worked for GE, General Electric for three and a half years, then moved to Symphony services, which is called Herman now. And then after that, I I had a two year stint in Symphony, then moved into EMC. In EMC, I stayed for almost like 12 years, then moved back to GE again. Then I'm here in XPD right now. So, all these places, I was managing people. Uh, Initial 10 years was mostly the individual contributor and a lead role after that, I, I think 17, 18 years now, I've been managing teams, building teams, managing teams. I have handled the maximum number of people as 80 people so far in that 50-hour full-time and then 30 contractors, varied sizes. You know, I managed some six, seven managers under me and then as well as team under them. So they're quite a big organization, mostly managing the quality aspects, where we are the quality gatekeepers in a product organization where we take care of all functional, non-functional requirement of the product. Ensure the products are all go out or release to our customers with a top-notch quality.
1: So you are a very vocal and active ally. So I'm going to ask you this because somebody who has not done too many career shifts in general, you know, have followed a very streamlined or a linear path, how easy or difficult is it to have diversity in the team? And how do you define diversity in the team as well? So
0: Yeah, I think it's it's a continuous journey to understand what's needed. When I was a first-time manager, I didn't know all about this, right? So initially when I was hiring people, I was hiring people whom I like, you know, specifically looking at the the technical aspects, majorly look concentrating on only say technical and The person is qualified on technical grounds uh, and then we like uh, hiring those persons over the period of time and also the organizations you know as it as they evolve right and they will talk about the diversity inclusion inclusiveness and all that so that's where you know there was some sort of training i've underwent understand what it is why it is needed And what are the benefits? So knowing a theory is one thing and then bringing that in practical is different thing, right? So because when you have a team to set up from a scratch, then you have an option to select these kind of people. But when you have a team already with you, having the diversity is becomes a little patchy work. But I think when actually, uh, if you are committed, yeah, you will do it. So for that, I used to start looking at like, you know, what is missing in my team? I used to have a lot of people who are like, you know, in an execution mode, I would say they are workhorses, right? you given them the task, they just do it. Uh, there is not much of innovation or creativity or problem solving in the team, right? So that is where we are actually lagging. We were able to do what is being needed to do in the team. But there was nothing uh, coming out as uh, something new. We'll try out something, additional things. We will pick up or initiatives in the team. And that's where the diversity is needed that's where the you know different people with the different thought process different perception should have been in the team right so that is something which i realized very soon and of course the training really helped my initial career and then once i have a team i started putting the profile in place saying that okay what kind of persons i have in my team and what is needed and after that uh, i made the hiring process into two categories. One is definitely the technical skills, which is mandated, mandatorily required for our team. And second thing is, okay, what sort of soft skills or you know, the attitude related, you know, if they are creative enough, they are learning learners, or they are like an idea generator kind of a profile is what we started looking at. And then we had, some sort of questions specifically at a, you know the third or fourth level of interview people started asking those things to see that okay this is a you know the fitment to the team a fitment to the culture in the team right and that's also carried equal amount of weightage compared to the technicality If somebody very good at technical not good at attitude or you know not fitting to our team culture we would have rejected that person by giving that information as a, as a feedback. Okay. So that's where the first journey started. I think I, I will, I'm happy to say that that has actually created a lot of changes in our team. And then uh, that becomes a best practice to adopt. First thing is started with gender diversity, of course. Then afterwards, you know, the different skills people bring in. Because as a quality team, we needed a lot of different skills in the team. To give an example, we used to test something called accessibility, where as a normal person, you know, anybody in our team is finding it difficult to test the accessibility, you know, especially somebody who's a visually impaired or you know, somebody who is not able to view the computer or monitor, you know, continuously or are able to see what's there. And there may be some color blindness, people who use our product, right? So those kind of things, it's become a little difficult and tricky thing for our normal people to use it. But when you have that kind of a skill set, uh, people who understand what they go through are probably the people with that kind of a skills coming into the team. Definitely helped.
1: So you said uh, you know you you said that there are two things that you typically look at, right? Like when it comes to technical and attitude. But
0: what is your typical criteria of hiring people in your team? Yeah. So as I said, like you know, technical is yes. So, so I have. Typically, I have like three or four, I uh, probably five rounds of interview. And then in that, depending on the role that we are hiring person, if it is an engineer and senior engineer level, we have four levels of interview. In that two levels definitely will be technical. Another two levels will be more, we call it as a competencies, that test the person's you know, the team skills, like a collaborative skills. And then the, how the person is creative or in problem solving how they are good at and the third thing is how learning you know learning capabilities if somebody doesn't know some skills uh, but if the attitude is good they should be able to pick up those skills okay get to give an example we generally use a uh, python as a programming language here but we don't find python uh, as a you know the available skill as compared to the Java okay is there somebody who's very well with Java can always learn Python but if somebody is not willing to learn python knowing java we will not be hiring them right somebody who is willing to hire i mean understand and say that i learned this thing i can do this thing or we also look at his past history or past histories to see that how much you know diversified skills that person has you know if somebody is a stereotype that i want to do this much this one only i will not be able to change or learn something uh, that there is always a red flag right because we, our industry is ever-changing, and then the technology keeps changing, and we want people to adapt to that. And then second thing is, of course, the team collaboration is very, very important. So the people have to work with the people who are differently than themselves, right? So there will be always a difference of opinion. as being a testing engineer, we always have problems with, you know, the development team because we always log a lot of bugs and then development team will say there's not a bug. So there has to be a lot of good, you know, diplomatic or team collaboration skill is needed to say that why we are saying what we are saying, right? So those are the things which you all generally look at. And then, as I said initially, that what is skill we require in our team is something missing that is another thing which becomes little important when hiring a person a new person into the team
1: so how did your transition really happen right like you said you started off when when you started off as a manager early manager you know you were looking at people who were who you liked and uh, a lot of times we come with our own biases of who we like, who we don't like, but just expanding our mindset to say, no, you know, XYZ, I may not be like me, but it's probably good for the team or good for the role. So how did this transition for you happen? And what level of conscious efforts did you need to put in on your part to do this? Because a lot of times we are not even aware of our own biases right so of course training was one thing that you mentioned but I'm sure there was a lot of effort that you put in so what were what were those kind of efforts that you did or that you put in to make this to I would like to call to be a more inclusive manager you know what did you do there?
0: Absolutely I think uh, you know when I joined as a manager in Symphony Services you know I I was given a team which was a pre-existing team and there were people who are you know when you go to a organization or a team uh, as a new person you know as the as a manager there is a lot of dif- difficulties and challenges because there was a grouping in the team and then people probably try to influence you as a manager when you go to, go to that team so there was a some sort of t- people who are like more of asking question on every decision I make right and they were not easy to handle those people. They're pretty, you know, smart and pretty you know productive guys, but they will always have a different opinion than mine. And I was finding it a little irritated at that time because I was thinking that as a manager and, and the team should listen to me. Okay. So that was my attitude. And then, but the, the situation was entirely different. I did have a mentor in Symphony Services and an organization, they assigned me a very senior person. Uh, who used to mentor me he was at a VP level and I'm at the manager level and then I was fortunate to get that person as my mentor and then I used to go to him and ask these questions like you know what do I do and this is my situation right now and then I'm finding it a little stressful to handle the team and he used to tell me that you know this is the journey you started and the good that you have this problem you know the problems will always an opportunity to learn right so that is the first step when I realized that okay you need to have people who question your own decisions otherwise there is no way of you figuring it out whether your decision is right or wrong or can be a better thing can for the company or a team can be done you know taken so that is where I realized that okay this is something which I didn't know about it and there's a new learning and then my mentor helped me to you know understand the whole process because he had almost like 10 12 years more than X more experience than mine So that I think that that was was a good thing happened to me. I had to learn this thing. And then I was in help. There was an help available to me all the time. And that helped me because I was used to ask him this kind of questions. Like, how did he manage the team? Because he has changed some many companies. And then he was at a pretty high level. And then he was very friendly with me as well. So that's how I started. Again, I realized that it's not not an easy thing. You know, you need to have a lot of conscious effort to put in and then a lot of times you have to convince your own you know team members to hire somebody whom sometimes they rejected also right so that is where the argument starts you know we have to convince people sometimes you convince sometimes you don't but again sometimes we always not we look for a hundred percent match we always look for uh, we always hire somebody which is like 60 70 matches right on, on, on any technical grounds or any things we are looking at because we don't get hundred percent match any any time. So those are the some of the decisions I took. Some of the decision went in right way. Some of the decision did not go through. I mean there was a wrong hires as well. But again I feel that you know if I look back those are all the learnings. Learning is important, and then and then making a mistake is also an important so that you learn from them. The difficult situations are also pretty good. Don't be you know. Say that okay, I don't want to deal with this situation. But again, the way you deal it, you become more experienced in dealing more problems. So that's how my journey started. I think uh, some of the trainings also helped. Some of the practical life uh, situation in the team helped, and then I started, you know, looking at problem as an opportunity, and then you know, built on that. That's how my journey started, and that's how pain is going on.
1: So it's amazing the way you said, right? Like a lot of times, as a young manager. When we go in, we believe that what whatever are my beliefs are correct, whatever decisions I'm taking are correct. And just to be questioned on each of those, and those beliefs could be around anything, you know, whatever new strategy you're coming out with, the way you're communicating, and expands to as simple as do I want diversity, what kind of diversity not want all of it, it starts to encompass all of that. The very fact that you faced a situation and you said, okay, rather than give up and say, okay, you know, I'm not fitting into this team and this culture and this organization. You actually took that up as a challenge to say, okay, who can help me navigate this better? And I think that's a very, very good point that you brought out to talk about the importance of having like a mentor in the system and the organization and, you know, Symphony Systems or Herman was good enough to, you know, assign you a mentor. But um, I think a lot of organizations don't have those structured practices. And it just becomes important in your journey for you to start finding the right set of mentors and growing through this, breaking your own biases in the process, breaking your own beliefs in the process and handling them. So I'm I'm going to ask you a slightly different question to say that I, I believe you do have a fairly... Uh, you know, in terms of gender, you have a fairly diverse team. You know, what have you observed as a change when you built a more diverse team? And it could be diversity of gender, diversity of experience, diversity of you know, maybe even kind of backgrounds that people are coming in from. So what has been your experience or what change have you seen uh, from before?
0: Yeah, I think one of the things which happened because in our testing in our team when we test a product, We need to test product as a end customers and then the end customers can be we actually think that end customer i'm the end customer now i'll test it the way i want okay so that may not suffice because we have a lot of customer reported issues comes in and that uh, determines our product quality right so we generally keep five percent bug escape as uh, you know allowable industry standard but we always have more than 20 percent because we don't test it we actually follow something called risk-based approach, right? Where we we knowingly allow some bugs in the system to go out as a product release because we do not have so much of time to test or whatever reasons. There are genuine reasons and there are business reasons as well, right? But again, when we have this diverse uh, team, so there is a number of test cases, the number of scenarios we write becomes more and more. Uh, because uh, when we start thinking, you know, sitting together as a group, uh, in the, initially, we used to have an individual writing a functional testing. Okay, the functional test cases goes through the review. There is a laid down process of review, but uh, I don't know that is followed. Uh, anybody, people generally say it's all fine kind of a thing. Okay. But when you bring the team together in a room and then start asking them to brainstorm, there was a concept called six thinking hats. Uh, which was generally adopted for our testing practice and writing the test scenarios that is very good because uh, the people bring in forcefully you know the different wearing the different hats so i want to wear this black hat now and think about only the negative things so those kind of things really happened and uh, those are the things which naturally happens if the team is there with a diverse culture but if you don't have it then you have to force them right so uh, and then having a you know gender diversity in the team definitely bring the female employees bring different uh, you know aspect to the whole scenario and that also helps us in writing uh, different test cases for us and i've seen that you know the especially the ladies or women female employees come up with a very creative test cases such as scenarios uh, than compared to them you know the, the male employees because they think through a lot many things than you know single one or two aspect. So that is an advantage for the team and as well as company uh, anytime, right? But unfortunately, we do not have too many, you know, female employees at a you know, higher level of technical ladder. So they will they will probably go reach at a senior level and become a manager or probably, you know, take a break and all the stuff. But I think, uh, you know, there will be definitely a good amount of the benefit to the organization. Uh, I do see that now people are mandating it. That's a good thing, but it was not there earlier. Now the people are slowly understanding the, the benefit they will get or get it out of this. And the inclusiveness and the you know, diversity has become one of the, you know, the big deal in most of the organization. I'm pretty happy to see that.
1: So that in fact brings me to the, you know, to asking you this: that you know, what do you think managers can do or organizations can do to build a more diverse team? And uh the thing is you know whenever there is diversity in a team whether it's gender whether it's skill sets whether it is backgrounds and so on it requires a little rethink in the way we work so for example you know I'm if I take an example maybe I'm somebody who's used to working in a certain fashion or certain time of the day and you know techies are always um stereotype to be you know working till late at night and and uh, be uh, be available till late and so on which may not be let's say possible when you have a new mom in the team or a, or you know somebody who has let's say ailing parents or error or in a caregiving responsibility so when I build a team like this it requires a little bit of rethink in the way we work right now so what can managers do When they bring in diversity without necessarily, you know, while still being focused on business outcomes, not from a lens of saying, okay, you know, I've been mandated and told that I need to have two women in the team, but it really is going to make a difference when I have these two women in the team. Maybe it'll ensure that the other eight young engineers go home on time and take care of their health as well. Maybe that also happens, you know, in a lighter way. But um, so how do you think managers, what do you think they can do? How do you think they can build a more diverse team and yet not think of it as, you know, an HR mandate? So what is the shift that uh, needs to come in for them?
0: I, I feel that the awareness is important. People need to understand why we are building or what we are doing, right? That awareness is definitely needed. Otherwise, it will be always, you know, pushed down from the management. We have to hire. And we had this problem. We had this initiative, I think, a couple of years back where we wanted all the interns to be, you know, hired as a female employees. We reluctantly hired, I would say. A lot of people were cribbing, but not in front of the the management. Uh, But I think we hired them there was a some amount of success as well some amount of not really think because you cannot you know have same person in the whole lot there has to be diversity there also right i will be, i believe that you know the awareness is important and we have to tell at the manager build that awareness and second thing is this is not a overnight journey overnight change or you know one month two month change it's a journey we will we have to see that what speed we have want to adopt this you know the inclusiveness and things like that and there has to be a lot of good amount of uh, awareness needs to be built in and then people who are and uh, like somebody who knows about it the benefits should be vocally telling about it to their employees and to their managers and then uh, you know build it slowly to see that if there is really change is happening because not everything we do will you know, bring us the benefit. There is always a something, you know, you, you get it some, some some sort of benefit, sometimes you don't. But again, that is viewed as a, you know, part and parcel of the life, right? And then continue pursuing it is important. Again, the management help is always needed. Otherwise, this will go and die down very soon. People will do their own things. But again, yeah, there has to be continuous, conscious effort from management and as well as from the team managers who are in the hiring process. And then as an organization, if you start building in this, putting it in a process, right? It should not be a people dependent or a manager dependent. It should be more of a process dependent. And if you have a uniform process which will, you know, in any case bring in this aspect as well, it's an easy thing to follow. And then you will definitely get that results come as an outcome.
1: Right. So how are you supporting building diversity within your organization? I know you actively you know involve have a higher gender diversity ratio in the team but apart from that how do you support your organization
0: yeah so definitely i think uh, as i said like you know process is important i generally put a lot of emphasis on the process i have created a a competency worksheet which basically talks about these aspects as well not really say that you know explicitly gender diversity or inclusiveness. But again, I have those competencies built in in the system. And then, of course, this is a built with my manager support. And then we started having that, you know, two rounds of technical rounds another two rounds of specifically the I call it as a soft skills. But again, this is what I want more of a problem solving a innovation and then the, how the collaboration skills are of the employees. And then a little bit of bringing in, like, you know, kind of a profile of a team, what we have right now and what skill we may need it. Okay. So, this, if you start putting it as a process, then people will definitely think in those directions. Right. And then once they start thinking about it, they know that, okay, as a team, I'm missing these things right now. And then obviously, there will be always, you know, buying to, you know, hire those kind of candidates as much as possible.
1: Just flipping the coin to the other side saying, anybody who let's say is coming you know is coming from what I call an atypical background either they're coming back after a break or maybe they're coming in from a very different experience or industry. like you mentioned, they may have spent all their life doing Java for example but and and interestingly, especially when women come after break that becomes a problem because they may have worked in one technical field for some time and by the time now that they're coming back, you know those requirements also have changed so what do you think they should do to manage their transition well
0: yeah so one of the thing is uh, <clears> to <throat> so believe themselves first okay so and then find out what is needed now because their baby coming like 2 years with the gap or 4 years with the gap but the, sometimes it matters sometimes it doesn't but again as long as you know what is needed right now and and get trained for that you know prepare what sort of things are happening you know another thing is uh, uh, when somebody is coming back, that shouldn't be considered as, you know, I, I'm coming back, you know, give me some lenience to take me in. Uh, that never happens. You know, and in reality, people will definitely look for the skill set, what person brings in. And then if it is a match, at least 70, 80 yeah, percent, you have good chances because there are too many other people also available in the market. Right. So that's another thing I want to tell. Prepare when you want to come back. Figure it out what is needed in the industry. then. If you want to take a training, let's take the training, and then approach you know the known people first, right? You know somebody with whom the person has already worked. You can always approach those companies, and then there is always you know the goodwill built earlier is always there, right? And then you know don't compromise on the technical capabilities. Uh, if somebody has to go through the technical knowledge, I mean technical trainings or anything which they have to take it up, take it up, prepare. You know, have some time dedicated to preparation. And that is more important. Because what happens is when somebody is like, you know, at a junior level, there will be too many opportunities. When somebody is at a higher level, when we are talking about somebody coming on break, definitely they would have already worked like five, six years and nearly 10 years and then coming back. And the opportunities at higher levels are very less. You know, comparatively less, I would say. So that's where the, you know, you can always have some colleagues who are working in the industry, figure it out what is needed now, anything gap, uh, do any gap analysis for themselves. And then uh, prepare. Uh, and if something has to be attended as an interview or trainings, attend those things. And then keep attending interviews because entering, attending interviews itself is a good training kind of a thing. You know what people are you know, asking. It's more like, you know, uh, don't get disappointed because you will always get something or some some places. But again, the trying is important. And also me, any time you have a failure, there's a good amount of learnings as well. So learn those things, bridge the gap, keep trying, it'll happen. Absolutely.
1: You know, I want to quote one um, example here. I was talking, I was doing a group coaching session for some women who were planning to come back after a break. And one of them, uh, she mentioned, she said, you know, I do the interview and, you know, I've done a couple of interviews, but i am not cleared the interviews. And so I want to learn how to prepare better. So as we started diving in deeper, at one point she said, you know, actually, I feel a sense of relief every time I get rejected from an interview. And uh, we were like, okay, what? I was like, why? What, what do you mean? So she said, now, when I think about it, I realize I'm not ready to come back, and everyone around me has been telling me that, you know, now that your whatever your child is four years old, why don't you start looking? Why don't you start looking? And I've started to look, but I feel very unsettled at the idea of leaving my child behind, or you know, like there is no one else in that case to take care. So I'm not mentally prepared to come back, and that was such a good example. She said because. I said, obviously, it's translating into how you're taking, doing the interviews also, right? Like you're going into the interview with half-hearted efforts, half-hearted attempts. Somehow, the interviewers may also be able to see that through without necessarily pointing out what it is. But that's a very good point that you made of saying, how prepared are you? And I think preparation, I will also extend to saying preparation of not just appearing for the interview, but preparation of also being able to leave, uh, you know, manage the transition or handle that. Masrur, I'm going to ask you the last question before, you know, before we end the episode. So any thoughts for other managers and organizations on how they can build a more diverse and inclusive team? I know everybody wants the best team out there. Everybody wants a team that's a high performing team and, and so on. But how do we build a high performing yet, you know, an, an inclusive and a diverse team? And And diversity, like we mentioned, can come in from whatever spaces that you're talking about. So what are your thoughts on what new managers can do or what even maybe some older managers can learn or, you know, make some changes there?
0: Yeah, I I would say that, you know, have a profile of your team or where you're actually building the team. Figure it out what good strengths and, you know, some development needs are needed in the team. There is always one. or There is always many also. Figure it out what is needed now. You know the team. You know it's very uh, easy for any managers, new managers, especially to look at the you know technical skills needed. We always uh, oversee the soft skills needed, right? So any competencies uh, we generally call as the competencies should have both. You know the the technical competencies as soft skills competencies. But figure it out what is that team needs right now you know, having a diverse skills is a, you know, luxury in our, our, our industry because you generally have people very good technically, but not good at soft skills or not able to present things and all that. But we have to have a profile of the team. That is the first step and then figure it out. What is that we need in the team? Can you, can it be, you know, sourced from within the team or probably we have to go out and then find out and we have to go out and find out if the skill needed, you have to make mark what skills are from paramode important. It could be sometimes you compromise on technical skills because that are very easy to build, but not the attitude, right? Not the soft skills. Sometimes it becomes a little difficult to build those soft skills, specifically the innovation, because there are people who are very innovative in nature and maybe not that good on the technical terms, right? But we have to figure it out what is the, the team needs are. Have a profile of the team and then consciously look for those skills. Because it's not that, you know, you have a one rec and you get that. <laughs> it's, it's not going to happen that way. It's a journey. You have to build it consciously, right? So have those things. And then when you are creating a job profile and have those points as well to have it in the job description. And especially when the introverts are interviewing, they need to be aware of this. Uh, the fact, because I have seen in my experience, the introverts look for somebody who's like them. You know, if they answered some typical question which they don't know, uh, they will feel that, oh, that guy is good. Uh, that shouldn't be the case. And then you have to have a very specific, you know, time spent on figuring it out, what the skill needed for the team. Not somebody like me. I want somebody like me in my team kind of a thing. You know, what is the team needs are important. So you that has to be told to the, the interviewers, interview panels as such. And then uh, look for those candidates, you know, and then hire even some sometimes you have to compromise on little thing as i said like you know you never get 100 percent match in any way so it will be around 60 70 percent sometimes i have hired people with 50 percent match also you know the most important thing is the attitude of the person and then is the learning capability that because technical skills can be learned uh, not the attitude right so those kind of thing is what you need to built in uh, in our job description when we talk about the interview panel. We have to be very careful in, you know, telling the people that what we need in the team and for what reason. Because many times the engineers level don't understand. And especially the people who are interviewing people, they will always look for people of their nature or their liking. Right. Not They may not have so much of visibility of the team size or team needs. Right. So that has to be told specifically. And second thing is I generally make our engineers to do the technical rounds. And some senior guys, like a manager or senior manager, do this soft skills round. They will not be asking any technical questions because they are, each round has a very different skill set we evaluate, uh, the competencies we evaluate. In that case, I think the managers that are some senior folks will evaluate the the soft skill competencies. Okay, so that way it becomes ease out. Like you know, you somebody is evaluating technical terms, very techy guys. They can say yes or no, but uh, soft skills is something which is I also put a lot of emphasis equal to the technical skills. Otherwise, the one wrong hair will spoil everything. If somebody is not so good at technical, but good at attitude, is always welcome to the team.
1: Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much for sharing your perspective, Masrood. This was very interesting because, you know, I'm so glad you completely spoke from heart, shared all your experiences, you know, shared your journey of making this transition from what I call as being, you know, typical manager to being a more aware and uh, being a more inclusive manager. So thank you so much for, for taking time out and for sharing this. And with that, I would like to just make a quick announcement to the audience that this is uh, going to be the last episode of this season. We will come back sometime during October, November with our next season with new guests, new interesting conversations and interesting topics. Until then, uh, Stay tuned, listen in to all the other episodes that we've done on Career Uninterrupted. Thanks, Masru. Thank you so much for that.
0: Thank you very much. Thanks for having me here. Career Uninterrupted podcast is brought to you by of Experience, a pioneering platform that equips and enables mid-career professionals to thrive through career transitions across life stages.